Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. It is a hot summer on the homestead. Definitely hotter than last year, but the garden is loving it. It is swinging right along. We've got tomatoes coming in, which is unheard of this early in the year. We have cucumbers and beans and beets and all sorts of stuff. It's awesome, but we're also getting down to the wire to get the fall garden planted, which may sound a little weird because it's still the middle of summer. But yes, it is time to be thinking about the fall garden. And I'll be honest, this whole thing confused me forever because I assumed a fall garden meaning you started it in the fall, but that is not true. So in this episode, we are going to talk about all things fall gardening, how to prepare, what to plant, and what to expect. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers. The mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the place for you. I'm interrupting this episode to give a quick shout out to our sponsor this month, Union Wireless. Union is a Wyoming-based small-town telephone company that's been in business for the last 100 years. They specialize in having more cell towers in more places, and what started as one man's mission to help rural Wyoming residents stay connected has blossomed into a thriving network that connects folks via landline, cell phone, and internet service in Wyoming, Colorado, Montana, and Utah. If you're one of my listeners who lives in the West, head on over to unionwireless.com to see if they'd be a fit for you. Now, back to our show. So like I said, for many years, I believed that a fall garden was something that you started in the fall. You know, I had this vision of, okay, we wrap up the garden for the summer. I take a little breather and then come October, we start the fall garden. Eh, not true. And I mean, I should have known better, obviously, because we can get snow in October, (laughs) but you know, the name can be deceiving. So the fall garden actually starts in the summer. So you need to be planting a fall garden crop in potentially July or August, depending on where you live. And then you get to harvest it in the fall. So that was a light bulb moment when I finally figured that out. And so I've experimented with this a little bit in the past, but I will be perfectly honest. I haven't done a ton of fall gardening just because a lot of times when I get to the end of summer, I'm kind of over it, man. I'm just over the whole garden thing. I'm ready to put on a sweater and wear some boots and go make pumpkin pie and not be sweating in the garden pulling weeds anymore. And so I kind of would just be over the garden a little bit burned out. And so I couldn't quite muster up the motivation to go plant more things. But someone came into my life who changed my mind. Well, he doesn't know he came into my life. I I just read his book. But you've heard me talk about him before. Mr. Elliot Coleman changed my whole perception on gardening throughout the year. Winter gardening, fall gardening, four-season gardening. Life-changing information. Maybe be slightly exaggerating, but really it is. Because he takes this idea of a garden having to be this 
thing where you're stressed out, running as fast as you can, you know, during these summer months and packing in all the harvest before the snow flies. And he expands it out into something that is throughout the four seasons. And what that does is it not only reduces the stress, but it kind of just helps you get gardening into your everyday routine throughout the year. And it's not such a mad dash in July and August to do all the things. So I highly recommend his book. Well, he has a couple, but the one I love the most is called The Four Season Harvest, I believe. He talks about season extension and greenhouses and row covers and cold crops and all these cool things. But um, he is really changing my pers perspective on this. So there's a couple different ways you can do this whole fall slash winter gardening thing. And I really loved in this book when he talks about this idea that there's more that can happen in a winter garden than we've been led to believe, right? We have this perception that we harvest everything in September or October or whenever you do that in your area. And then we just strip it all out and let it sit throughout the winter and just have it be barren. And he's like, you know, if you give it a chance, there's a lot of crops that can maintain themselves really well. And I, in this book, he tells this story. I can't remember where he was. I believe he was traveling. Uh, I think it was somewhere in Europe and they were looking at some famous gardens and he asked them what was growing in their garden. It was like fall. It was cool. It was winter, wintry feeling. And they're like, well, nothing, a crazy person, nothing's growing in the gardens. And he's like, let me look. And he went out there and he found all sorts of treasures that were still ripe for the taking, even though the weather was chilly, you know, and there's lots of vegetables. Maybe they're not tomatoes and they're not cucumbers or corn, but there's a lot of things that we can start incorporating them into our diets and opening up our horizons a little bit that we can be harvesting far more throughout more months of the year than we've been led to believe. Even for people like me who live in a place like Wyoming, that is not exactly tropical. One moment. Jed, Jed, Jed. No, no, Jed. He's chewing up my shoe. I can see him hiding behind the trash can in the office. Jed, no, Jed. Sorry. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, you know that Jed, my puppy, is a disaster, a walking disaster. He even has his own highlight on Instagram where I display all of his naughty deeds, and there are many. So anyway, sorry. Jed, don't eat my flip-flop. Okay. He's looking at me. <laughs> I wish you could see his face. He's like, I'm going to wait till you get talking again, and you're distracted, and then I'm just going to mow down this little shoe. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Uh, back on track here. Rabbit trail. So what was I saying? Oh, Elliot Coleman, my garden crush. But even people like me in Wyoming can do a lot. And I had this belief for the longest time that I was out of luck. You know, we have a crazy short growing season. You've heard me complain about it before. And I just had this assumption that it is what it is. I can't do anything about it. And that's not true. There's always something you can do. Um, so we are working on our greenhouse as we speak. The kit is arriving today. We have a, it's coming on a big truck and Christian has to unload it with the skid steer and they're out. We have the spot in the back pasture picked out and we just have to get it level because the ground's not even. So they're going to have to do some dirt work, but guys, it's actually happening. It only took us like six months to figure out what greenhouse kit we're getting. So I'll do another episode on that once we start the building process, because I'm sure I'll have many things to tell you and many 
mistakes that we have made, you know, because I always have mistakes to share, but it should be good. Anyway, so the greenhouse is part of my winter gardening strategy, but I also can plant things out in my regular old raised bed garden. So here are the things I'm doing to kind of help me mentally prepare for the fall garden, which actually I need to be more than mentally preparing right now. I need to be actually doing it because it's the first week of August. We just got home from fair, so I'm a little disoriented right now, but I need to be out there planting. So here is what I'm doing. And hopefully these will give you a few ideas of your own that you can do to follow along. And if you are in, let's see, I'm in zone five. So if you're in zone five and you're listening to this, you should be planting probably a good number of your, your fall garden crops now. And if you are in a different zone, you can look up online pretty easily to figure out what zone when your frost date is to know when you should plant. But the time is upon us, friend. It is here. So don't don't dally. Uh, we're going to have to get this going sooner versus later. So the first thing I'm doing is just planning. Like I said, maybe I'm not planning as much as I should have. I kind of knew in the back of my mind that I would be needing to plant end of July, early part of August. But yes, you do plant your fall garden crops in the summer, which feels weird. But also, you know, it's kind of good because I'm already out in the garden a lot, weeding, checking for monster cucumbers that have grown without me seeing them in time, um, watching for bugs, watching for tomatoes ripening. So it only makes sense that I could just take a packet of seeds out there with me and plant a few rows here and there. Uh, I do recommend putting this on your calendar though, because it's crazy to me, any sort of homesteading thing, whether it's getting chicks or butchering or whatever, I always think I'm going to remember, oh, I'm going to order chicks in March. And then it's like April 30th. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was going to order chicks two months ago. So things sneak up on you and fly by. So put it on your calendar so you know um, what you need to be doing and when you need to be doing it. If you are unsure of your exact timing on this, like I said, Google it. There's also a blog post on my blog, which I'm going to put the link in the show notes that gives a little more time frame for each of the vegetables. So you kind of can you know, know your last frost date and count backwards. And that'll give you a good idea. Okay, number two, I would recommend with some of your beds, if you're using beds or rows in your garden or areas in your garden, you're going to want to clean out the old crops early. So usually with a lot of my things, I just leave it all in the ground and we'll get a frost or two or nine and a snowstorm or many snowstorms. And sometimes I just leave stuff in the ground until spring, kind of to be a cover for the soil. Sometimes the deep roots are good to leave throughout the winter because they break down and kind of aerate the soil. When we pull it up, you know, finally it's great for getting that fluffed up. But if we're going to plant in that area, we need to harvest the dead crops out. So some of the areas of my garden where I'm doing this, um, I have some lettuce that I planted this spring that's obviously way past its prime. So we're going to pull that out and clean it. I have some cauliflower areas in my beds where we had a great cauliflower crop and I already picked the heads. And so now I just have the stumps. I'm sure that is not the right word, but I'm using it anyway. The cauliflower stumps in there and you know, maybe in other years I would have left those in there and just let them linger throughout the winter, but I'm going to go ahead and pull those out, feed them to the pigs and cultivate that bed to put 
a fall crop in. Same with a garlic. Gar garlic is awesome for this because um, we harvest that in July. So I can clean that all out and prepare to plant other seeds there. You just kind of want to be a little more on top of the tidying up, which is good, right? It gives you a head start for the following year. Okay, the next thing, now this is really important, is that you pick the correct crops for your fall garden. And you have a good variety here, um, but it is important that you don't expect to have a duplicate of your summer garden in the fall for obvious reasons. So that blog post I, re I referenced, the one on my blog, it's called 21 Vegetables for Your Fall Garden. Again, the link is in the show notes. And it has a list of 21 different crops you can plant in the fall, along with details and uh, timeframes. So you know exactly what's going to thrive and what's not. So just a sampling of some of the ideal crops for your fall garden. The greens, aka kale, collards, um, chard, spinach, even lettuce, those are going to be some of your very best friends for your fall garden because you they grow quickly. And things like kale are amazingly hardy in cold temperatures. Like we have had multiple frosts in the past and I can still go outside and harvest kale. And if you happen to cover some of those greens, it's even better. So you could potentially have all of this out in the garden just hanging out. I kind of think of it like a giant garden refrigerator and it's going to be available for you throughout the fall and maybe even into winter, depending on where you live. The other kind of group of vegetables that are fantastic for the fall garden would be things in the brassica family. And that would include broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, uh, cabbages. Now the trick with these is you do need to start them inside ahead of time. So for those of you listening to this right now, if you have a frost date that is early in the year, like me, like mine's, I think September ish, um, this wouldn't work for you to potentially do right now. But if I had been a little more organized, I could have planted my cauliflower seeds or some more cabbage seeds or some more broccoli seeds indoors. Um, ideally like 85 to 100 days before your first frost. So you just would do your first batch of seedlings in the spring, give yourself a little break and then plant a second batch of seedlings, you know, early summer. And you can go ahead and transplant those guys outside and you're going to have a fresh crop of those. The benefit of growing the brassicas towards the end of the year is you're not going to have potentially as many bug issues as it gets colder. As I know, you know, I don't know about you, but the cabbage moths and all the little worms on the broccoli and the cauliflower, like they are some of the worst pests in my garden. And it's not as big of an issue when it's cold. So that's something to consider. Um, you can also do some of the root vegetables such as beets or turnips. Like a beet, for example, you'd want to plant those 10 to 12 weeks before your first frost date. And those are something that you can, you know, of course, eat the greens. I feel like baby beets are better than big beets. <laughs> I feel like that was something Dwight from the office would say. Anyway, um, but you don't have to get big monster beets because they're not really that great anyway. So you could plant those 10 weeks before and harvest them younger and have the greens, have those little baby beets and have it be good. Radishes are another one 
radishes only need four weeks before your first frost in the fall. So you have 100% got time for that. Even if you live in a crazy place like me, plenty of time for radishes. Um, last year, I was pleasantly surprised to see turnips were super tough, even after some frosts and some snow. And carrots are amazing. Um, they take a little bit longer to germinate, right? Carrot seeds are notorious for, for taking several weeks to get going. Um, but you can plant those in the summer. And the cool thing about carrots is they will last underground for a very long time. Now, small caveat to that is last year, I did not get my crop of carrots pulled out because we really pretty much went from like 60 degrees and I'm like, oh, I have lots of time <laughs> to a little frost when I'm still like, I hey, were good. And then all of a sudden we got this epic snowstorm that dumped multiple feet of snow in our garden and drifted it on top of it. And I like couldn't dig it out. So, and then it stayed there for a very long time. So my carrots were left in the garden and it wasn't good. I mean, by the time I pulled them out in April, it wasn't pretty. They were mushy and, and squishy. But if you cover your carrots and maybe you're a little more mindful than I was, they will last out in your garden. It's kind of like almost like a root cellar in the garden. You just cover them. Um, so th those are another great option to grow into the winter. Now, once you're planting these things, you may be okay just leaving them uncovered, even throughout some frost. Or if you tend to get hard frost or you're really pushing that growing time deeper into the winter, it would be a good idea to get some sort of cover. So Elliot Coleman would recommend a simple hoop. This would be a, what they would call a low tunnel, right? It's not a tunnel you can walk through, but it's just a small wire hoop. You would poke into the ground um, over a row or over a bed, and then you would cover it with some plastic. And you can do a lot of season extension that way. Now with us and our wind and our heavy snow load, that's a little bit tricky. And that's part of the reason we're building a greenhouse. But if you live in a more normal climate, a lot of folks really push the envelope with row covers or even things like cold frames. So if you're wanting to extend the harvest, that's something to absolutely look into. I think it could give you a lot more bang for your buck. And honestly, as we, as we wrap up this episode, the whole reason I'm really exploring this idea of extending our season and we're building a greenhouse and I'm kind of into this whole fall gardening idea for the first time is, I've, I've alluded to this before on the podcast, we've talked about this in the past, I was really awakened to the instability of our food supply this spring, as I'm sure many of you were as well. And I've always wanted to grow food. I've always wanted to stabilize our food supply. I've always been into that, obviously. <laughs> you guys know that. But even more so than ever before, it's important. And so I'm trying to figure out ways that even in crazy old Wyoming, I can grow more food for a longer period of time. And I also love this idea of not rushing and cramming everything into the summer. And like Elliot Coleman says, you know, if we can extend it out, it becomes a rhythm. It becomes a, a part of our life. Um, and we have, maybe those vegetables or those greens aren't growing leaps and bounds in November, but they're able to just stay outside and we can harvest them when we need them. And it creates a more dependable and stable food supply for our family. And maybe we share it with friends and neighbors. So that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm really feeling 
pulled toward this idea this year. And I, I see it becoming more and more a part of what we're doing as we get the greenhouse figured out and understand how to utilize that and more row crops, or excuse me, more row covers and winter crops. So I hope this inspires you as well to work with what you have, whether it's an apartment balcony or a backyard or a hundred acres somewhere. But I think there's a lot more we can do to just stabilize our food supply. And honestly, it makes me excited. It's kind of a fun challenge. So I'm curious to, to hear what you think. Let me know what you get figured out. I'm always open to unique ideas and creative solutions. So happy fall gardening, my friend. So if you're ready to start this homesteading thing, wherever you are, wherever you may be, but you need a little help to get started, well, that is my specialty. I have an entire library of resources I have created for folks just like you, and you can get access to the whole thing for free over at theprairiehomestead.com grow. And that is it for today. If this episode was helpful for you, I would be so grateful if you would take just a moment and leave a quick rating and review. Those do so much to help more people find this podcast and bring homesteading into their lives, and I read every single one. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch up again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.